So in case you missed it, this is what her people had prayed for for hundreds of years. I understand waning between use me, I'm willing, and like, are you sure you don't want to pick someone better? She looks at Eve and she sees her, not for what she's done or what she's holding or what she's standing in, but for who she is. You can quiet the voices that tell you that you are alone. Shut that voice down. Well, good morning. Good morning and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. How are you guys doing? Good? Awesome. We've got people joining us online as well. And I want to say welcome, welcome, welcome. I know this is a crazy time, but I'm just glad that we're able to gather together. Now, if you're watching this later on or if you're listening to it uh, later on, glad you're here. Glad you're here. But if you, are, if you are not watching this and you're here, I just want you to know, yes, I wore a suit. Yes. So here's the thing. I got this suit and I was like, I need somewhere to wear this thing. And everything's been canceled. So I was like, I'm wearing this thing. I'm wearing this suit. So what do you guys think? Anybody? Good? It's good, right? It's going to be, it's going to be 2021 uniform. I'm going to wear a suit every, every Sunday. Every Sunday. Till things change, people. Till things change. No, no, no. But hey, glad, you, glad you're here. So we've been in a, in a conversation, and uh, we're gonna, we want to uh, kind of end this conversation here. But I just want you guys to know that uh, as a church, I am so proud of, of, of you. I'm proud of the f- people who actually serve so uh, uh, faithfully and courageously, even, even this morning. There are people who are serving, taking care of our kids. And then there are people in the backgrounds. There are these people, they're like, they're like spiritual ninjas. You know what I'm saying? They're like doing all this tech work, and they're making this happen. Like they're making all these things happen, and they're making this broadcast happen. So can we just give them a hand? Can we do that? Can we just give a shout out to them? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's so many minute things that can go wrong and they do go wrong, but man, it's just glad to just make the effort and to gather together. So glad you're here. Glad you're joining us. Um, so I want to talk about this morning. Uh, this, this is part three, I guess, uh, of, a, of a conversation that we started, this series we started. And the idea was that uh, I wanted to do a series talking about Christmas, but then talking about what is God saying to us, really. And so this series is called uh, uh, Hope is Born, because I always call it A Star is Born based on the movie. But anyways, it's Hope is Born. And the, the reason why uh, I wanted to, uh, to title it this way uh, is because... The idea uh, that, uh, that God has allowed um, hope to be born as a human, you know, to be a part of us, is very unique and very powerful because it says something, that God wants to connect to us, that he wants to relate to us. And so what that means is that he is speaking and con- uh, communicating to you. And man, you, you got to agree, right? I mean, if there is one thing we all need, the whole world needs right now, as, as we're going through pandemic uh, this the, of... of uh, of not just disease, but of loss. I mean, I just look at the numbers, and I just think, oh, I don't even know how to react. Is anybody else that way? I'm like, I don't even, I don't have the emotion to just sit and go, the amount of people who are going to be celebrating Christmas without loved ones. I mean, it's staggering. And I'm like, oh my gosh. There, there, there's a cry, there's a grief, there is a sorrow, a despair that's glowing out globally. And we're all in this. 
together. We're in this loss. We're in this pain. And we're in this confusion of like, God, if you are even there, what are you doing? How many of you thought that, right? If you're there, what are you doing? And that's why this series is so important because it says this to us, that God has sent his son to relate to us, so he's talking to us. And so there's, if there's anything that the world needs to know more than anything else is the voice of God. God. God's voice needs to be clear in people's hearts. And so if you didn't, if you're just catching this series, if this is the first time, and you're like, I don't know, you know, last week, I mean, well, I, well, I just saw what happened last week, but I'm not quite sure what this is all about. It's about me trying to convince you that God is speaking to you. And more than any other voice that you listen to or you've allowed yourself to be entertained by, it's God's voice that you and I need. It's his words that you and I need. So that's why first week I talked about, hey, you and I, part of the Christmas story, we need to be the Magi. We need to be people who are governed not by um, anything else, but by possibility and curiosity that we need to go and look for him and not wait for God to reveal himself to us. We are called to be the Magi in the Christmas story. And then last week, Christian talked about this idea of having a bigger purpose, that God's using you and your purpose to serve a bigger purpose. And so this morning, what I want to do is talk about the, uh, the Joseph in the story. And Joseph is one of those guys that I'm telling you, I mean, he doesn't get a lot of airtime, right? He really doesn't. But man, the thing that he, the part he plays in the story is profound. In fact, it is the hardest conversation to have. And so I just thought, you know what? Since this is our last in-person service of the year, let's just have the hardest conversation. Yes? No, that wasn't convincing. That was one of the, that was like, I like you, so we're going to say yes. But I don't like the conversation. I get it. I get it. I get it. Here's why. Because I'm going to ask you this big question. And it's, it's the talk, right? It is the main talk. I want to get this right. So it's the main talk, okay? It's, it's this. And this is going to be like, uh, that's why I don't like this conversation, okay? So here it is. It's this idea. It's like, here's the question. Can, can God change his plans about you? Can God change his plans about you without you changing your opinion about him? I, just, I heard it through the mask. I heard, hmm. Some of you, you're like, uh, yeah, I've already changed my opinion about him. You know, hold the whole, God so loved the world, not so much. God so loved part of it, maybe, I don't know, I'm not quite sure. But this is the question. So if you are thinking, I got to go do some Christmas shopping, I got to go, this is the message. If you're online, don't, don't log off, okay? Let's keep on watching. But anyways, but this is the big idea. Can God change his plans about you without you what? Changing your opinion about him. This is the year that we've all been challenged to. So let's jump into the story and let's find out what does Joseph do. Because I believe what he does is, it's so profound. In fact, what he does is he makes a decision, a very natural uh, step of obedience that opens up to a supernatural possibility with God. And that's what God is asking us to do. To, to just kind of look at our lives and look at what, what's going on around us and about us and say, maybe, maybe God wants to change the plan, but he doesn't want us to change his opinion about him. And now, if you can change your opinion about him to, to, to know that he is more loving and more in control. But if you're changing your opinion about him on the negative, this is the conversation that you and I need to have. So let's jump in. We'll go with Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, and it says here, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, 
But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose to, to, uh, to her public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, obviously in Jewish culture, you have an engagement process. I mean, that happens very, very young. Um, I come from a Middle Eastern background, so I can kind of relate to this. Um, partly because some of you guys know my, my mom and dad are first cousins. Yes, they are. You're like, seriously? First? Yes, seriously first cousins. You got a problem? Yeah, yeah, this is how we do it. We keep it pure. We keep the bloodline pure. That's how we do it. Vampires do it all the time. Anyways, anyway, so, yeah, so, so in my culture, when you're born, you are asked for. Yeah, and so I was asked for. I grew up knowing who I was going to marry. You're like, what? Yes, 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 yes. Like my cousin. My cousin, because I, I was born, and my, my, my mom's sister had a daughter, and she went and talked to, to her, and they're like, you know, that's going to happen. And so I grew up knowing that uh, I'm going to probably have to marry her. Now, the good thing is, the good thing is my mom decided that she was going to break the system, and she was going to go, you know what, we'll, we'll see about that. So it wasn't a total, like, engagement. It was kind of a, you've been spoken for kind of a thing. So I get it here. I get the fact that this, this story seems to be kind of flat, but there's just so many layers to it. But Joseph kind of knew, okay, this is, this is the person. So there's an engagement process. But then there's this idea of being betrothed, right? And that, in Jewish culture, lasted for a year. And you, it was binding. That, that was that you, they were actually adults, and then they were like, okay, this is a serious thing, and we're pretty much going to, uh, we're pretty much married. We're in this contract. And then on the wedding, they, it's, it's like, that's, it is happening. It's happened. And so that, that was not the beginning like we have here, the beginning of the marriage. It was like kind of the end of not the marriage, but the, the whole ceremony. It was like the, the final thing. That was the wedding. So what his plan was, that he was, he was, he was you know, Mary was, they were asked for. They had this whole year process. But before the marriage, he was just going to divorce. And that's why they used the word divorce there. He was going to do that. But he had a decision to make. He, what happened? Well, what happened is, is God threw in a wrench, in a, in a sense. God changed uh, Joseph's plan and his purpose about him. I mean, he changed what he was going to, his life. He changed the big idea. Joseph had in mind, this is the life I'm going to live. He was a carpenter. He knew he was gonna, who he was going to marry. I mean, that was the plan. Have you ever had a plan and then it didn't go the way it went? Like it didn't go what, the way you wanted to. Anybody? Anybody? Anyone, anyone in this, anyone lived this year? Anybody? Have you had any plans change? Yes. Yes, and online. Yes, yes, and yes. That's why most of you are online. I mean, plans have changed. Have people changed? Come on. People have changed. Have you changed? Yeah, he's like, yes, I have changed. Yes, yes. It is, it's great to know and admit that. We've all changed. So what happens? Have, have your opinion about people changed? Because plans have changed. Of course. Have you unfriended people? <laughs> okay, okay, calm down. Okay. okay. It's so true, isn't it? When things change, you, you change your opinion about not just those things, but about the people that are connected to those things. And so right here, Joseph has thrown this, this, this change of plans. And the plan is that 
she is now pregnant. And I just want you to understand here that in these few lines, like he, he, he found out that like she was pregnant. Matthew writes the story not being Joseph. He writes the story after the fact. He's just writing down a story. But these are the r- real people. Joseph is in the moment of going, okay, okay, I just found this out. And what am I going to do? How am I going to navigate this? What step am I going to take? And here, Matthew says she was found to be pregnant through the, through the what? Through the Holy Spirit. But I'm, I can guarantee you Joseph didn't believe that. A lot of people did not believe that. And Joseph, somehow, I think, like we all do, when we're faced with a big decision, we can somehow predict the future, can't we? We look at the future and we go, okay, if I do this, this, all of this will happen. If I don't do this, this will happen. There's sometimes decisions that we face that allow us to be, um, to see the future. That we go, if I do this, this is good. And, and the wisdom is finding out and realizing what the future really looks like and what the future would be. People who make unwise decisions are unable to predict the future. The people who are wise, who know, hey, if I say this, if I do this, they somehow see into the future. And I think Joseph had to see into the future just a little bit and go, okay, what, how, what is the stigma of this decision? What am I going to do? Because his thought was, I'm going to divorce her because I cannot grow up with the stigma of raising an illegitimate child. That was not my plan. And if you think for, a re- for one second that that stigma didn't stick, it did. Even though Joseph made the right decision, the stigma of Jesus being an illegitimate child to Joseph stayed for his entire lifetime. Did you know that some historians actually uh, and scholars look at some of the passages that, um, that uh, talk about Jesus and interacting with the Pharisees, and there's always this dig. There's always this dig with them calling Jesus illegitimate. Like, I mean, just think about this. You have this guy who is born a carpenter, and then all of a sudden, at age 30, becomes a rabbi? What's, what's going on? What's happening here? You see, what's happening here is that Joseph knew that I, I got to divorce this person. I got to, because I know what's going to happen. That has happened to other people as well. What's the stuff that happens to other people? The story is, is that it wasn't uncommon for Roman soldiers to pregnate Jewish women. So his first thought was, that's exactly what happened. And that's what the story was told. That went around. We get the Christmas story. We get the shepherds. We get the magi. Everybody else doesn't get that story. Everybody else gets the story of, hey, did you hear about Mary? Another one. Another one. Because Roman soldiers were, were, were occupying, and they were in authority, and they could get away with anything. In fact, if you, don't, if you wonder about this, John, um, John 8 talks a little bit about this. This is a conversation that Jesus is having with some of the Pharisees. And he says this. They're, they're, they're talking. He says, I'm, I'm the one who testifies for myself. And, other witnesses is my, and the other witness is my father who sent me. Now, I, this is just extra passages for you. Okay? And then they asked him, where is your father? And Jesus replied, 
you do not know me or my father. They're having a conversation back and forth. Then they actually just say it. He's like, he's talking about the, the, that they're doing the works of the, their father, which is not the enemy, and they're doing bad things and terrible things and mistreating people. And then they say, respond to him in John chapter 8, verse 41. He, they said this, we, we are not illegitimate kids. It's a dig. It's a dig to him consistently. So what I'm trying to paint here is that when Joseph saw this, but as he predicted the future, there was a lot on the line. For some of you, God has changed plans for you, and you're looking into the future, and you're like, I don't see it even. I don't know, but all I know is it's going to be bad. It's going to be horrible. And so this morning, the conversation is, are you going to run away from it? Are you going to quietly walk away? Are you going to say, you know what, I know you changed the game on me, but I don't want to play this game. I'm walking away. Or what are you going to do? Because for so many of us, we're walking into the new year, maybe even thinking, this is the life I'm going to live. You've kind of resigned yourself to this is what I'm going to do, or this is the decision I'm going to make in, in, when it comes to all these different areas of my life. And could it be possible that God is saying, in this moment, I need you to rethink the decision. You've got to put everything in play here. Because Joseph did. Joseph looked at all of these things. See, it was a very personal decision, but it had corporate converse, uh, uh, um, consequences. Because he lived in a Middle Eastern culture. That means if he was going to get divorced, knowing that he had been, like, knowing that when he was a kid or younger, they knew that this was going to happen, this was going to be a big deal. So he was like, I'm weighing all the consequences. I'm just going to go ahead and divorce her. And that just happens right there. But then what, hap what happens when we read the next passage, we continue reading the passage, it says, but after he had what? After he had what? Help me out. After he had what? Considered this. I can guarantee you this consideration was not him praying about it. This was him going, talking to people, talking to um, elders, talking to uh, a lot of conversation. A lot of conversations. After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what she uh, conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Notice a couple of things. First of all, I'm kind of annoyed about this. Notice this. Joseph didn't get a visit from an angel. He got a what? He got a dream. Which is annoying, honestly, right? If I'm going to make such a big decision, I need my own personal angel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what is, what's Gabriel doing? Huh? He's telling, all, he's, going to, uh, he's telling all these people, oh, you're pregnant, you're pregnant, you're pregnant. Come here, bro. You know my address. No. I get a dream? No. Isn't it interesting? That's like the, that's like, um, relationship with Jesus 101, it seems like. It's a big decision, big decision. Other people get like a, like a sign from God. We get a, uh, I don't know. I shouldn't have watched that movie. Oh, that Netflix special was, uh, it got to me. Have you ever been so preoccupied with a show that you dream about the show and then solve the solution? They're like, this is what they need to do. This is what they need to do. 
It happened with Walking Dead for me, man, people. I was like, you need to, that's what they need to do. I got up and I'm like, this is what you guys need to do. And then I watched the show and they're like, this is not what they're doing. And then I stopped watching the show. I did. Because they just started eating each other or something ridiculous like that. It's ridiculous. No, nah, no. Nah. But he gets, he just gets a dream. Here's another thing that happens. Notice, God doesn't tell him that Jesus is going to save them from the Romans. Did you notice that? He doesn't say that. He says, I'm going to give you a dream, and here's what he's going to do. Jesus has come to save people from their what? Sins. And now here's the problem, guys. In that context, I'll tell you what they're thinking about. They're thinking about oppression. They're thinking about the fact that they don't have food. They're thinking about the fact that they have terrible government. They're talking about thinking about all the things, all the things that are going bad around them, their quality of life. They're not thinking about how morally bad they are. And here, God drops a, in a dream, a thing like, hey, by the way, this is me, and he is going to not even be the king of the Jews. He's going to what? He's going to be the one that saves people from their sins, which is even a harder thing. I, I bring this up because I just want you to understand the depth of this. Because we read the story and we go, oh, he did the great, he did the right thing. But this is not what Joseph got. I mean, if you continue in the passage, it says this. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him what? Emmanuel, which is God with us. We love that. Let me just tell you, this is a footnote to part of the story that Matthew is putting in here for our benefit and for readers' benefit. This is not Joseph. And you know what? I just want you to know. I just want you to know this is why it happened. No. He's going, oh my, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I got this dream. And I got this dream. This, he didn't get the luxury of this insight. We get this. He did not. See, that's why when you make a right decision, you look back and go, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I said, I, I, I just, I'm so glad I made that decision. We don't get that. But he didn't get that either. But what did he do? Well, it says here, when Joseph woke up, he did what he wanted to do. No, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name, what? Jesus. Jesus. And the word Jesus means, the name Jesus means, in Hebrew means, the salvation of Yahweh. Now just imagine, just imagine, what would you do? Have you thought about this? What, what would you do? You, you, you get this dream, you, you, you have this idea um, the, of, of making a decision, but you had this great plan, it changed, and now this angel comes and tells him, you name him Jesus. Now, by the way, Jesus was not like the first time that no one had ever thought of the word Jesus or the name Jesus. There were a lot of Jesuses walking around. It was actually a common Hebrew name. So now you're like, am I even doing the right thing? Am I even making the right choice? Am I, am I walking a particular path that is actually going to lead to something great? And then what happens after that? You know the story. It gets pretty crazy in terms of people dying. It, they have to escape, leave town. You know some of the story. But then what happens? It all goes silent, doesn't it? And for 30 years, Jesus doesn't do anything. He, there's, a, there's a time in the temple here and there, but nothing is happening. Nothing's happening. He is raised as a carpenter. 
And he has been raised with this idea that he's illegitimate. And he, I'm sure in middle school, I'm sure in high school, he's getting all kinds of bullying things happening because everybody knows the story. Yeah, supposedly, supposedly, supposedly. So just know the depth of what's happening here, that this was the real person. I bring this up again because I want you to know that when you're dealing with what you're dealing with right now, and some of you, it is so complicated that you don't even have the energy to explain how complicated your decision is. Have you ever been there? You're like, I, I can't even explain to you oh, uh, uh, the, 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 just, just the, the details, man, of, of how this affects what and, and how what this will change m- my life. And I can't explain to you. I can't explain to you why I'm still addicted to this. I don't know. It's, it's, and, I, and, and, and I'm making a decision to stay with this because it's just, it, 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 it's a coping thing for me. I, 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 it's just hard. For, uh, it's too much. It's too much. I, I, I get that. I understand that. And so are the stories in, this, in, in the scriptures. When you look at the story of Joseph, just know this was a man who was tormented by like making the right decision and saying, God, am I going to make the right decision? Am I going to do this? And he did. And he did. What did he have to do? Well, he had to do this. He had to uh, wrestle with the same big idea, right? Can God change my plans about me and not me change my opinion about him? He had to decide that. And the, the way he decided it is that he leaned into this one big idea and the one word that we don't like to hear, and that's the word surrender. He surrendered himself to God's will. He surrendered himself to what God wanted in his life. He surrendered to himself uh, and his plans and his purpose for a bigger and purpose. He, he decided to lose when it came to his will so other people could gain. I mean, that's what Joseph did. That's what Jesus did. He, he lost all that. He gave up everything for us. And so Joseph is like, has made this decision that has eternal, eternal um, consequences for all of us. See, I think some, for some of us, we have to understand that there are decisions that seem natural, but they're so spiritual. They seem so earthly, but they're so eternal. That there are decisions that we are uh, facing and what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to surrender. Surrender our will. Surrender our plans to what God has. And I know surrender means it has, comes with so much baggage, doesn't it? The first thing, it, it kind of, the feeling is the feeling of losing. Surrender means I'm losing. Like someone else is winning, right? I wrote down a couple of um, a couple of meanings to the word surrender. And it's pretty interesting because the word surrender means compromise, defeat, loss, and even shame. You're like, you're giving up so other people are winning. But there was another phrase, the word surrender, which I thought, man, I think God wants to kind of just stir something up here with this word. Surrender also means seizing resistance, to seize resisting. And then one, uh, one, uh, meaning, uh, one, um, uh, in one place it said, laying down your arms to an enemy. That's what surrender means. And I just thought of those phrases, this idea of seizing resistance. And then the phrase, laying down your arms to an enemy. I wondered, could God want me to just stop resisting him in a particular area of my life? Maybe that is what it means to just surrender. To just stop fighting him. 
Stop fighting him. And for some of you, maybe it's like, and stop, stop praying about this. Like, just don't, like, and I'm not saying stop praying. You guys understand me. It's like, hey, you're, you're fighting me, and it's not going to work. You're fighting me, you're fighting me, you're fighting me on this. Stop resisting. It's, it's like surrender. Just surrender yourself to this current of God in your life. And maybe this next year is the word for you. It's the, like, I want to surrender my plans, my hopes, because I know that God is in control. But maybe your, your question is, I don't know if God's in control, and I'm not quite sure if he has my best interest at heart. See, the other, um, uh, the other meaning to this word was the idea of like laying down your arms to, to an enemy. Could it be possible that for some of us, certain parts of our life, we think God is the enemy? We don't want to lay down our arms because we're like, no, 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 I don't want to do this. I get surrendering to an enemy. But just think about it. Maybe you're not surrendering to an enemy. Do you know that? The, uh, the, God is not the enemy of your purpose. He's not the enemy of your satisfaction. He's not the enemy of your relationships. He's not the enemy of all the things you want. He's not the enemy of that. And I think for some of us, we're like, no, 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 I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to hold on to this because I can't let go of what's in my arms. I cannot. Because if I let go, who's going to take care of it? Have you ever had that thought? If I don't worry about my life, who is? Who is? If I don't pray about my life, who's going to pray about my life? If, I don't, if I'm not worried about it, if I'm not concerned about it, if I'm not thinking about it, who is going to? If I don't figure this out, who is going to? Maybe, just maybe, God's saying, you see me as the enemy. Do you understand that? You see me as the enemy. Stop. I'm the, actually the lover of your soul. And you're carrying around stuff that's too heavy for you. You need to let it go. Could that be what God is telling you this morning as you're watching or you're listening to this? As you're sitting here? Just let go. Just let go. It's tough, isn't it? It's tough to let go. It's tough to let go. So have you ever done this workout where uh, it's, a, it's called a farmer's carry? A farmer's carry, okay? They call it that. Maybe they call it something else, but in my gym, they call it a farmer's carry. And what it is, is, is grabbing two heavy weights or a kettlebell. So I have, conveniently, I have some kettlebells here. So, oh my gosh, okay. So, they're a little heavy. Hope they don't break the table. But you got all different sizes of kettlebells. And the farmer's carry is, is you hold on to these things and you walk with them. You walk with them for like a quarter of a mile or something like that. Don't put them down. Because you put them down, it's, uh, it's like five burpees or something ridiculous like that. Okay? I hate farmer's carries, by the way. I'm just telling you. The world knows. Internet knows. Okay? I hate it. Because what, what, what it, I don't even know what it's working. Like, I'm just carrying big stuff around. I feel like the gym just wants me to move their stuff. <laughs> and that's what we're carrying. It. Pick it up. Put it down. Pick it up right here. I'm like, might as well just move furniture. Why am I doing this? I'm not jumping with it. No, no, no. It's just a walk. You, you, what? Really? I remember the first time I did this, I'm like, this is why we're we doing this? Because what hurts is my forearms. And honestly, when I think of working on a part of a body, I don't think forearms. I've never like, you know what? I need to suck that in. No, forearms has not been that thing for me. But it, the, my, like, so I've asked, you know, the, the coach is like, okay, it's, it's, it's gonna, you know, it builds a lot of things, blah, blah, blah. But I am convinced, though, that some of us are carrying 
a load that was never meant for us to carry. And we're walking around with this. And for some of us, you're like, you know what, Naeem, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Because this one, it's light enough. It's not that bad at all. It's not about 13 pounds. Easy breezy. It's all good. And I think for some of us, you're carrying on to this hope or a dream or something, and you're still, it's still a burden, though. You're still supposed to give it over to God, but it's okay because you don't feel the pressure because it's not that bad. It's not making you walk funny at all, right? It's small. But then there are some of us, you're holding on to something, and you, I don't know what it is. It's deeper, though. It's deeper. It's deeper. It's multilayered. It's not as easy as a sermon. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. But I know and you know that you don't need to carry this to 2021, and you've got to surrender this. And surrendering is not losing. Surrendering is actually letting this go, whatever's in your arm to let go. Because I'll tell you what, it's not as big as this. Maybe it was the size because, because, because it started years ago and you thought you could manage it. Have you ever managed something that's become a monster in your life? Because this eventually becomes this guy right here. Oh, my God. Right here. Now, this is about 70 pounds, okay? You got 13, and I can't do this with this arm. Okay. Now, now what happens is you're not walking funny with this, but you are for sure walking funny with this. For sure. This is not swag, people. This is not swag. This is just, this is just me carrying, walking stuff around. This is, just, this is just tough. You're tough. Because all of a sudden, this grew into this. And then you're like, I'm going to put some other stuff down so I can carry it with both arms here. Okay? No. You're like, oh, no, this is a bad, this is the, my, this side is stronger. Have you, does anybody have that? One side stronger than the other? Yeah. I'm going to carry this around, carry this around, carry this around. And the thing is, is like, well, I'll, I'll, I can do this. I can do this for a while. But it changes everything. It changes everything about your life. Some of you are holding on to things that you think physically you can hold on to. But it's too heavy for your soul. That's why Jesus says this. You might have heard this before. Matthew 11. Are you weary? Carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me and I will refresh your life. Simply join your life with mine. What is he saying? Just surrender your life to mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all, for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Is this complicated? Of course it is. But for some of us, your natural surrender is going to open up a supernatural satisfaction in your life. It, it just is. And so, you know, we're going to light candles today. And we're going to have a candlelight, you know, service at the end. And we're going to sing Silent Night. But I just, I, I just want you to think about it. Maybe, just maybe God's saying symbolically today, as you pick up the candle... Maybe you need to put down the weight. Maybe if you surrender your life today, maybe you can step into what God really has for you. See, Joseph is a guy who had tremendous pressure on him. 
but he made the right call by surrendering his life to what God wanted in his life. So what could it be? What could it be for you? Can God change his plans about you without you changing your opinion about him? So let's, let's respond, right? So what we're going to do, if you're online, we're going to go into another song. And, and if you're here, I'd love for you guys to stand. And we're just going to um, have a moment. We're going to sing a song. And this, I love this song because it reminds us about, would you stand with me? Would you do that? Yeah. It reminds us how the universe uh, submits itself to the creator. That there is something so beautiful about us being created, submitting our lives and our will to the creator. And I know I don't have the answers, friends, and you know I don't have the answers. Some of you guys are facing things that are just, I, I feel so inadequate even talking about it because it's stuff you just want to cry about. It's just stuff you want to just go, God, I don't even know. It, it, it's stuff that you're facing that you're like, man, I, I know I don't want to feel this, but I feel like God, he's not the enemy, man, but he's not, he hasn't covered my back, you know? He hasn't had it. Because I've lost so much. And I get it, friends. I get that. I get that. I don't know your life, but I get it. I get it. And it's so easy to be like, to, to quit. To just quit on life and quit on believing and quit on hope. That's why some of you guys are not even wanting to watch this, you know, or listen or come. And you have family members who are just not interested in God. This morning, I mean, Let's not quit. If we're going to give up, let's give in to what God has for us. Because I really do believe that the more we surrender our life to Him, the more perspective we're going to get, a bigger, powerful perspective in our lives. So as we sing this song and we pray together, I mean, you guys can, you know, um, if you're here, obviously you can receive communion, you can go light a candle, go to the cross. Um, but let's respond and let's pray um, together. Let's do that. Lord God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for what this represents. I thank you, Father, that uh, you are able to just know fully everything we're facing and you're able to speak God I pray that we haven't wasted time we haven't wasted time sitting here listening, watching we haven't wasted time just being in this moment I pray God that your voice would be so clear in our hearts and our lives God, there's so many hopes, so many uh, plans, so many dreams that seem on hold. And they've changed. But we choose to not change our opinion about you. We choose to align ourselves with the entire universe that praises you. We're choosing to do that, God. We're choosing to do that.
Jesus' name.